0: Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of Shop Talk Show. This is going to be a very exciting one for me because we have some, uh, uh, for me, very special guests. This is Jason from the Shield Bash podcast and I am going to kick it over to our guests today to introduce themselves.
1: Uh, Well, I am Rachel Sandage, a player of multiple characters for the Find the Path podcast.
2: And I suppose that's me, I am Rick Sandage, I am the host and Game Master for the Find the Path podcast, actual plays of Mummy's Mask, Tyrants, Grassmen, Hill's Rebels, which are the multiple podcasts that Rachel was just talking about.
1: Yeah, I figured you'd elaborate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And for those of you coming at us from the Find the Path feeds, uh, again, my name is Jason, I am one of the players on the Shield Bash podcast, and if you ever interact with us on social media, that's me as well. Uh, And the reason why this is kind of a special one for me is because as I was gushing to them, uh, find the path is my favorite <laughs> podcast. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's also the fact that my hell's rebels campaign died because in real life, our DM work schedule changed. So like I get to Aww. listen to, to this go through, um, cause awesome. I was listening to you guys well before you started hell's rebels. And then you started that and I was like, sweet. I got to find out how the story <laughs> is. Like, at exactly. Least, as roughly, bad. And, and, <laughs> Oh wait!
2: You changed my my DM's work schedule. Yes, no. oh, that's horrible. <laughs> I would never do that to a person. No. Yes, yeah. I've been uh, I've been the, the tragic victim of too many uh, workplace schedule changes that have ruined games to ever inflict like that on another. Yeah, it's real life is is hard. Mm. Uh, but yeah. today's subject,
0: listeners, is PC drama, and this is the the drama between player characters. This is the subject we've settled on. So I'm going to ask you guys, what made you guys choose this one? What was about this topic that you're like, this is going to be good. you want to start off, Rich?
1: Uh, sure. Uh, I think it's because uh, one, I think it's, it's a common thing in role-playing games in general. There, there is going to be drama because if there's not, uh, I mean, why are you listening to it? It was um, <laughs> as a, an English teacher, uh, our former English teacher, that was always something I tried to get across to my students where it's like, if I'm telling you a story about walking home, if I just say, oh, you left school and walked home, th- nobody really wants to listen to that. But if I say, oh, you walked <laughs> home and you passed a graveyard and the ghost of a lo- velociraptor jumped out at you, well, that's way more exciting, maybe full of drama. I, you know, it's, it, it's just more fun to listen to. So I think, you know, uh, while there is such a thing as too much drama, I think drama is what makes a good story.
2: <laughs> I'm curious about this other PC that's playing a Ghost Velociraptor.
1: I don't but... know. It just made me think of <laughs> Jessica.
2: <laughs> Doesn't sound like her. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's drama is kind of what drives forward a lot of games, and drama in between PCs can be something that is really good at constructing and fleshing out both characters. Uh, everyone right. stepping into the into the realm of the game should be looking to develop a character, grow the character. And a lot of times you can do that with NPCs, but you get twice the bang for your buck if you're developing two characters simultaneously by having some sort of drama or interaction between them. Uh, and a common misconception is that drama is negative because uh, I think as, America's, as Americans, we're always just avoid drama at all costs. Um, but drama can be any sort of like conflict between individuals or not even necessarily conflict, um, just uh, something that helps develop The characters forward and uh you know creating and resolving conflict does that Mm
0: -hmm. well what would you think would be a good example of like um a non-conflict drama like do you have any examples from games you've played where that's that's happened
2: well let's see uh there was the playthrough that we did of serpent skull which actually involved Heather playing a uh, a reforming Red Mantis assassin that got into a romantic relationship with Rachel's character, who kind of helped pull him out of his shell and uh, and move him forward. Which, you know, it's it's drama, but it's you know more of the like not soap opera drama, but because no one had amnesia or was a twin. But <laughs> the kind of the standard drama of uh, yeah. you know romantic comedy, including. Uh, Strip poker session that uh, went horribly wrong after we we're attacked by a dinosaur. Actually, I think funny no, enough. No, no,
1: it was the the, the giant gorilla. <laughs> it was
2: gorilla. a vampire. It was it was a weird flying okay, vampire well, thing. Th-
0: this <laughs> no, is uh this is yeah. one of the storyline serpent uh, that Shield Bash is going through. Serpent skull. So let's. <laughs> let's not throw too many spoilers out there okay let's just say
1: in in our game it's where our own phrase pants on adventure time came from because of (laughs) said strip poker session and so every now and then we'll say that i don't know if it's ever actually made it Ah. into an episode but um yeah it's something that uh, even casually still we will say to each other like pants on adventure time
2: yep (laughs) so So basically yeah drama
0: the example of like conflicting personality traits that you know, they, they don't cause an argument, but they cause, mm. uh, you know, almost like a, somebody who's just more outgoing and, like, tries to invite their really shy friend to mm-hmm. involve in the conversation.
2: They're like, I don't know if I want to. he's like, yeah, well, whether you want to or not, this is what it's we're gonna
0: doing.
3: It's going
2: to happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, no, it's, and it, that's the thing is that, again, it helps develop characters and, uh, and move them forward. And not always just in a uh, in a positive, you know, or not always in a negative light, but also in a positive light, as in finding finding true love.
0: No
2: dramatic love. Romantic
0: relationships can be uh, a, a good staple. Um lately one of the things I've been trying to do is have my characters be more involved with other player characters, whether, mm-hmm. you know, it's just an actual like relationship or if it's, you know, like, oh yeah, no, we knew each other and like you know, the stuff that happened because it has a, just a more concrete thing there.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you guys find that usually helps with this sort of thing? Or, you know, is it just something that you guys are so used to doing that it's, you know, it's going to happen regardless?
1: Uh, I think it de- depends. Uh, because I've played with Jessica, or I've just known Jessica for so long, that anytime our characters have any sort of connection, we immediately can riff off of that uh, really easily. And it's it's not quite as easy with some of the other people at the table just because I haven't known them uh, for the. Nearly two decades that I have known Jessica, but i I definitely agree. I think having that uh, relationship with the other PCs, I think it just helps develop the role play a little bit more. I think it develops the story more, um, and it's just it's something you got to get used to because, again, role playing is uh, surprisingly terrifying <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you are if you are not comfortable with your group. So, yeah. but I think getting into those moments and letting yourself get into that role play kind of. Helps you get more comfortable over over time. So,
2: well, and you can do a lot of fun things with even having. Um, yeah, you know, I know we we're just talking about like conflict-free, but even like a a competition between characters, which makes mm-hmm. for a good drama. Uh, not touching on Serpent Skull any further, but another anecdote was actually the first uh, the first time I ran this group through Rise of the Rune Lords, which I think was my third time running through Rise of the Rune Lords. Uh, Jess and Jordan were both playing. I think one was a hunter and one was a slayer. But yep. Both of them had taken, like, contracts. Um, one was an elf, one was a dwarf. they both taken contracts for, like, the same monsters over and over and over again. So they had this, like, healthy yeah. competition between one another of, like, who's going to get in there and get the kill? And so it, it drove both of them to excel, but it also kind of deepened their friendship in that whole, like, legless Gimli counting their number of kills sort of yep. way. So. <laughs> uh,
0: how much of that was thought out ahead of time? And how much of it was just kind of like a spur,
2: like oh, that just kind of happened in the game? Uh, Justin Jordan's that one was actually part of their backstory, so that was yeah. from like session one. And the previous anecdote of uh, Rachel and Heather's characters getting, characters getting into a relationship was just that
1: was not
2: happenstance. It was just role mm-hmm. play as things went along that they they realized their two characters were
1: we were flirty. Oh.
2: Flirty, yeah. They're both yeah. flirty and flawed in their own ways, but complimented one another. I, I think it was the fact that one was a slayer and the other one was a rogue, and they just got the sneak attack sandwich every time they <laughs> yeah, worked <we> together. <laughs> that uh, And love blossomed.
1: Sneak attack. That's where love happened.
2: <laughs> sneak but attack opportunist, a, yeah. <laughs> there's a wide variety of
0: inappropriate jokes there that we will, will spray away <laughs> from. Uh, well, one of the things I, I kind of want to talk about, because it sounds like we have then an example of both things, both the manufactured drama of like, mm-hmm. OK, and a I, I manufactured may sound kind of cliche in this, but like something that's kind of thought out ahead of time to help push you forward. And then the spur of the moment or heat of the moment thing where it's just kind of like it just kind of happens. Do you guys find one better than the other or do you really think about it much or is it just kind of whatever you can t- take what you can get?
1: Uh, I find one becomes the other. Um, that a lot of time we will say, hey, it'd be really cool if our characters did this or it'd be really cool if our characters said this and and we kind of quote unquote manufacture it, but you Ooh. never really know how it's going to play out. And so I find that what starts out as a planned conversation sometimes veers off into a very heat of the moment, what on earth is happening moment that is kind of great.
2: <laughs> I agree with that. Uh, I think that all in all, the, the manufactured drama, the premeditated drama, is a little bit easier to immediately work in, in large part because some people are better at at riffing on the fly, at just rolling with the roleplay as it comes mm-hmm. at them, and some people are are not. And so knowing that they're going to be going into a situation beforehand prepares them with, like, how is my character going to react to this? As opposed to if you're in the moment and suddenly it's... You know this character has uh, has just kind of sprung something on you with a you know by the way like I know that you're a kobold but um, I absolutely hate kobolds (laughs) and it's oh well um, I wasn't ready for a confrontational relationship with your character I should have known you're a dwarf with a racial bonus to kill my people but uh, (laughs) who knew and as such I think uh, the heat of the moment works well for players that are very good at improvisation. Whereas if you're a character if you're a player that is not as certain about your improvisational skills, or even someone that doesn't like to be surprised. You know, me personally, like I, I think I'm relatively good at improvisation, but I don't actually like surprises. It kind of goes both ways.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you guys have any advice that you can think of for if somebody does get surprised and they're not really sure what to do or how to handle it? Like what would you say would be the best way best thing for them to do? And in, in my mind It would almost be kind of just to ask for like a pause. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was
1: actually going to be what I said. Because I think I've had a couple of those moments where... I, I think it was actually you, Rick, who pulled something on me and I was like, I am not ready for this. <laughs> I was like, hold on. Uh, give me a sec. And I'm like running through stuff in my head because I like to think I'm really good at improv. And I think about 80% of the time I can pull it off and make it sound natural. And then 20% of the time I'm just like, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I think definitely don't be afraid to ask for that pause because, again, it, you are playing a game and and it's not like you have uh, pre, you know, done messages like in a video game that you're like, oh, I have three different options and I can just pick one. You know, it, it's not like that. So sometimes you, you need a minute to just process and that's OK. Yeah,
2: I absolutely agree with that. Um, I think you could also even if you just need a couple of seconds to kind of process it through, ask out of character specifically like, you know, to the player that is initiating said uh, heat of the moment, you know, exchange. Like what like what exactly did you mean by that? So that it's yeah. not one of those, you know, if the character is like, "Hey, thanks for pulling me out of the river," you know, "I love you." It's like, "Oh, hold on, is that a capital L or is that like a we're bros kind of way?" Because I'm yeah. cool, but and then give them a second to explain it and then go, "Am I? Am I?
0: Yeah, sure."
2: You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm willing to pursue this.
0: You no, know, I mean that—that's good advice because it keeps like things kind of flowing, but still mm-hmm. gives you a minute to
2: process what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And um, I know, I don't know if this is something that all groups do, Um, you know, we're, we're pretty good at being uh, open in communication with one another's, but I know a lot of people use, uh, you know, X cards or things like that. So if it is something that you're just suddenly like, Hey, I'm not cool with like that previous conversation about, you know, dwarves hating kobolds or something. It's like, I'm not, I'm not really cool with there being this like racial hatred between people or, you know, Hey, I'm not really cool with our, our characters changing our, our dynamic with one another, being able to play something like that. Uh, I know that there's an, an app that lets you do that in Foundry, but I don't know uh, as far as virtual tabletops, but I know some groups actually use Red X cards. So, yeah. might be something to, to reiterate there to make sure you have that safety net to fall back on. Mm-hmm. I'm sure several of them do, but there's a lot of... I, at our table, we don't call them X
0: cards, we don't call mm-hmm. them anything, but th- we we've been gaming together long enough. We know, like, we don't talk about this. Yes, it is yeah. is off bounds. Like, yes, there are just certain things that don't get brought up because we know that one person or another at the table, it's just a
2: yeah. So, and sometimes for some people, certain types of drama might fall into that exact same category. Where if it's if it's something that you've had to deal with in real life, and then suddenly it's presented you to you, you know, in the game that you're using it as a, as an escape form, then it can be difficult. Like even if it's something as simple as like. You have a bad relationship with a sibling and so it's like oh well this other person's playing my my character's brother and then suddenly our sibling relationship is mirroring my real world relationship. Let's put a kibosh on that and focus on this.
1: And I I, I have had in in the past where um, because unfortunately I've had a lot of stuff going in my life uh, where I've actually stepped away from the table. Where it's been like, okay, I can't handle this scenario that's happening between two other characters. So, like, I step away and I'm just like, text me when I can come back. (laughs) And and then I come back and they just give me a rundown of, like, what happened. You know, because you, you want people at your table to feel comfortable. And unfortunately, there are certain topics that just people can't handle.
0: And that's a great way to handle it for you. Like, just to be able to be mature enough to be able to say, like, okay... I'm going to need to exit even listening to this. Just let me know when you're done. Yeah. You know, let them do their thing and you just come back when it's over.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, and I I know for us, like we have a kind of a joking off topic thing where it's like, um, we don't deal with bratty and annoying children because (laughs) one of our groups, a lot of us are dads. And it's just like, (laughs) we, uh, we're here hanging out to avoid these things. Yeah.
1: This is the break.
0: (laughs) Yes. So, no children temper tantrums in these games. Yep. That's one drama that never happens.
2: All children <laughs> yeah. need to be rational and self-sufficient. That's yes. right.
0: <laughs> or just, you know, flavor text in the background. There yeah. you go. What a magical fantasy world you live in. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The closest we ever get is like, uh, there was there's one PFS scenario where you have to escort goblins. Uh, mm mm-hmm. And you know they're kind of like children. They're oh yeah, yeah. pointlessly destructive, small, and um, they fight a lot. Yep. Make These make ones you touch. can
2: hit. So <laughs> yeah,
1: there you <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> I mean, it is a little different.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> also, they're unrepentantly evil, which, uh, from what I understand, most children tend to vacillate between. <laughs> <Good news. laughs> the
1: kids just don't know any better. <laughs> I know, I
2: know. When yeah. they start but...
1: knowing better, then you gotta start watching them. And be like, mm. oh
2: you take taking okay. the teacher stance. I got it.
1: Not <laughs> middle school, so I dealt with a lot of uh, borderline oh. sociopaths. Oh.
2: <laughs> Man,
1: they were no great offense to any, any
2: middle school listeners out there. We love you.
1: No, yeah. I love middle schoolers. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like they are the most, uh, I, and I say this in the nicest way possible, the most insane but wonderful bunch. Because again, they are just figuring out life in any way that they possibly can, and it is wonderful to watch yeah. and be a part of. So.
0: No, that that's sixth to eighth grade range. is just
1: <gasps> that was my jam. I taught eighth <laughs> oh, grade.
0: <man. laughs> I look back at my own life at that point, and I'm just like, man, I was a horrible person.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it could get really bad because um, any teacher will tell you that it's it's very cyclical. Like sometimes it is absolutely awful, and then other years you're just like, this is why I teach. And I mean, <laughs> heck, I had a Doctor Who club with my kiddos. I mean, it was great. Oh,
0: <laughs> that'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, as per usual,
2: we've wandered spiraling from the topic. Yes.
1: <laughs> I, I, sorry, I can talk about teaching all day long. All right, I usually
2: <laughs> do that. I, I was tempted to do the spiraling symbol, which is what I use I'm, for whatever we're getting way off topic.
0: <laughs> this will happen again before we're done, I'm sure, where we will meander. Um,
2: you invited to, us here. This is your house. So. Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> I do try to run these more as conversations, but, you know, as fair. a lot of things, it, it tends to take a bit to wander into the conversation ranges we get comfortable with each other uh which looks like establishing drama between pcs
1: exactly <laughs>
0: <laughs> got it to, got to it before i did uh yeah running drama between like so i used to go to a lot of cons i still go to some mm-hmm. not a lot of pc drama at a convention because you don't know that person yeah, yeah. it'd be too easy for it to be taken personally when you're just like, all of a sudden, you know, I'm going to throw down at this, this other player that I I've known for now, uh, 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So you got to get comfortable with the people enough. So as they kind of understand, like, this is not me like attacking you. This is the drama created between our characters. A lot of times that'll come easiest by planning, like at least telling them, giving them a heads up, like, Hey, yes. yeah, I think we're going to talk about this also gives them that pro- chance to process things. Which is kind of that nice middle ground between, like, it's manufactured because you bring it up and you're like, Hey, yeah, I'm definitely going to do this. But they don't necessarily know how you're going to approach it, thus how they're mm-hmm. going to respond.
1: Yeah, I, we had pretty much uh, yeah. two vastly different experiences at the first PaizoCon we went to. Because we <laughs> <laughs> because our, our first game we played was actually a, a Weeby Goblins game.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: um it, 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 honestly, it was the first game that I had played at a convention, period. And so I was nervous as all get out. Um, uh, but when everyone at the table started talking in their goblin voices and just like reading off the I was like, All right, these are my people. We are totally good. Like we were we were jamming, we gave Squealy Nord a British accent and a monocle, like it was it was wonderful. <laughs> and Yes, yeah. uh, I was always Poog. Uh, oh, oh, Tiff. She plays Poog. Yes.
3: <laughs> My wife is
0: giving a thumbs up from the other room. Yes. <laughs> she also up right back. erroneously thinks that Poog is best goblin.
1: Yes, yes. <sighs> but uh, so it was very, it was very strange to go from that great experience, and then we yeah. went into like the main hall, and. The majority of the table was the Find the Path crew and then there was Mm. uh, two other people at the table with us and very nice, like super nice, but then when we got into the game, obviously there was uh, some tension going fairly on certain between...
2: they were in a relationship together
1: fairly certain and, and obviously they were angry about something <laughs> and so they their characters kept taking things out on each other or doing things <laughs> in the game that would just like tick the other person off and like so and then the rest of us were kind of over here like okay well we're gonna go do the thing that we were here for uh yeah.
2: i mean are y'all we have to stop the technically <laughs> come on guys
1: yeah and so like yeah. And we we kept trying to be like, okay, what are you guys doing? Well, I'm doing the
3: okay.
1: Yeah, sometimes you you, you try to communicate, and it just doesn't work. But I think uh, yeah. I think that was a, an extenuating circumstance because again, two very different examples. And the first one, like I would definitely do a weeby goblins game, but I don't know if I'd do a a random it, one. It the... was
2: outside drama bleeding over to the table.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. and there yeah. the two shall meet. The... Yes. And this isn't just for PC drama. This thing I learned much earlier on is that if a player does something, you don't punish the character. If a character does something, Mm -hmm. you don't punish the player. You don't Mm -hmm. bring your outside stuff to the table. And you don't... I mean, sometimes you have to take the table stuff outside, but that's usually just because, you know, sometimes you got to talk about it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, you should try to be... uh, I think the phrase I usually fall back onto is um, an unbiased arbiter of the law. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you're just there as a game master to facilitate the game and you know not to uh to jump in and basically like okay well you know this guy still owes me 10 bucks for pizza so you know what an extra five points of damage to him haha <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not worth it no
0: no and because uh, it's just gonna it's gonna cause player versus pl- it's person to person drama when you yes. start doing stuff like that and that is we, we all have enough of that in our lives unfortunately yes <laughs> so uh one thing i did want to bring up is d as a dm how often do you find yourself in a position where somebody has come to you to try and create drama with another player
2: like um to set up things between characters it's not all that too uncommon for listeners to our uh, our hell's rebels many people are probably familiar with ross he's in or isn't in our uh, mummy's mess, but he is one of our hell's rebels regular players And Ross is great at that. Mm -hmm. So what he'll routinely do is he'll go, okay, so a player kind of brought up this thing, you know, before we went into the dungeon, somebody mentioned something about like, you know, yeah, my my father who I haven't seen in 40 years or something like that, assuming they're an elf or something. And he'll go, okay, he'll file that away.
1: He literally has a little notebook that he writes things down in for later. I'll make a
2: little note and and he'll come to me and he would be like, hey, so, you know, like, he'll contact me and he'll contact the other player and be like, yeah, I want my character to approach yours uh, at camp, you know, after we get out of the dungeon and everything. Like, obviously, I'm not going to dra- drag out your, your character's backstory right before we get into a giant dungeon or something. But once we're back out at camp, um, I'd like to sit down and talk to you and kind of facilitate the, the role play between that. And usually he'll, he'll clear it by me so that I can kind of set things up and be like, all right, so, you know. The, the sun sets, you're outside, birds are, uh, you know, the owls are hooting in the trees and you hear the crickets and all the rest of that. You settle around and, you know, Ross's character sidles over towards you on the, the log next to the fire and settles down and just goes, you know, have at it. So usually it's more just kind of setting an opportunity for the drama if you're the game master and setting up the, uh, the, the position there. Or making certain if someone brings up a, when they're making a character. That they're like, I want to make this character, and by the way, I'm a barbarian and I hate spellcasters. And then going to someone else that plays spellcasters, like, are you comfortable with having someone in the group that will be antagonistic to your character because you are a wizard? I think usually using your game master as the middleman is a good way of going about that.
0: Rachel, do you have any experience as the person going to the dungeon master?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think I've I've gone to you several times over the years where I, I've been like, hey, I'd like this to be revealed about my character. You know, mm-hmm. I don't really know how to make that happen or when's a good time. And uh, thankfully, I, I know Rick well enough by this point that I can read his cues and know when something's <laughs> supposed to happen. Uh, but yeah, So more subtle. This is super subtle, yeah. And sometimes I don't catch them, and then it's real awkward because he's like, "Well, I set it up for you." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, crap." <laughs> but most of the time, uh, I, I don't think there's been any big ones recently that I can think of. Especially since I don't want to give away any spoilers to, to anything. But uh, I know that I've I've gone to other players several times. Like I know uh, for uh, Heather because uh, Darcy was very anti- antagonistic. Um, to her character at first, and again in Tyrant's grass. and I don't want to give away spoilers as to why, but you know there was a whole <laughs> there's a whole reason behind it, and uh, she was like, yeah, that's fine. When you go through a lot of life and death situations, though, you tend to tend to build up some trust with people, and yeah, d- Jess and I do a lot, but that's because uh, uh, she and I see each other the most so sometimes we'll just chat and we're like "Ooh, this would be a good idea this would be a good idea now granted (laughs) only about one out of ten of the ideas that we actually come up with actually make it into anything that we're doing but we 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 talk about a lot of stuff we want to
0: do that's good file them away for you know future plans yeah oh yeah get your own little notebook oh i do (laughs) i have
2: several Sticky notes everywhere, <laughs> covering
1: I, every surface. I actually do. My desk is covered in sticky notes and different journals, and I have sticky notes within the journals. Yeah, it's a whole
2: thing. <laughs> it's a complex filing system.
0: We recently got a, a, new, a person newly to our group. She's been playing for years herself, though, right? Even when she's not the designated group note taker, she takes a ton of notes. Yep. And as a DM, I fucking love that. Yeah, like I That's love a, a player who goes back and is just like, wait, we heard that name before, and like flips through and is able to find stuff, and I'm just like,
1: ah. yeah, I, I did that for one of uh, the games that uh, Rick was running for a completely different friend group that was not recorded, and uh, and there was some like we had to go through, I think. I don't want again. Don't want to give away spoilers, but in the game we had to go do this whole mission, and the town was like, "Oh, we'll pay you such and such money plus this." And then we get back, and he's like, "Oh, here's the such and such money," and I'm like flipping that. I was like, "And, and <laughs> this. Don't forget the and." I was like,
2: "Oh yeah, you guys made a really good diplomacy check, and I just added a few gold pieces on." Mine.
1: Yeah. There, so
2: take your blood money.
1: Note taking <laughs> is important. Yes.
0: For me, it was. There was a, I'm running Kingmaker for this group, right? Nice. And they they met an NPC that was looking for somebody else, and like all I have is a last name, and so like they got the last name, and then she was like, "Wait a minute," <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> and it was you know it, it was completely made up to tie in people's backstories and stuff like that, but it it just ended up being such a wonderful thing that. It, in the end, it created this this thing too, where they're like, "Wait, how do you know about this?" And then, like, they had to go and pull the character in, and it wasn't mm-hmm. player drama, but it, you know, it was like a it was a thing for them to feel good about. Yeah, which is, you know, obviously, kind of the whole goal of the whole thing. Everybody knows <laughs> yeah. leveling up feels good, but that's easy to accomplish. Yeah, creating I wish these life resolutions. Was like that. Yeah. I
2: mean, you, know.
3: <laughs> you know,
1: just like you're going about your day and then something just pops up and it's like, "Ooh, level up." And it's like, "Great. What do I get to do now?" Like that would be wonderful.
2: <laughs> On the other hand, you know, random acts of <laughs> kindness are much like that same thing that it's just something you can do to feel good. So, yeah. Yeah. So, take your own notes. <laughs> <laughs> For life. So, how often do you guys find
0: um creating this stuff ahead of because we kind of talked about setting it up with the DM, setting mm-hmm. it up between players How often do you guys, like, uh, roughly percentage based, between when you've got it set up ahead of time, like right at character creation, versus once you've been playing for a while and then it, you know, starts becoming a thing between your characters? Uh,
1: It's so dependent on the game. 'Cause there there's some times where it, it comes out within the first, you know, couple of sessions that we do together, and then there are times where it's like, Oh, this big revelation doesn't come for an entire book. So I, I think it's very dependent on what you're playing and what is more important in the story at the time too. Cause sometimes like what's going on between your two characters doesn't necessarily matter or isn't like priority in the grand scheme, and so you kinda have to put it on the back burner for a little bit. So
2: Yeah. I completely agree with that, where some stories facilitate uh, a level of drama between characters, much as I was mentioning earlier with, uh, you know, Ross routinely waits until after the party's at, no longer in danger once you're at mm-hmm. camp or something like that to resolve things. That idea of, you know, it's it's almost that parental idea, I suppose, of uh, don't fight in front of the kids sort mm-hmm. of thing. It's just <laughs> like, yeah. if you're if you're engaged in the middle of something, wait until you have a private moment to have this mm-hmm. conversation. You know, can I see you in the kitchen sort of thing? Um, and some games facilitate that more than others. Uh, Hell's Rebels, for instance, which is one of the games that we're doing, facilitates that quite well as far as being able to get in that drama whenever you really want. Because especially the first book is a lot of small vignettes, kind of small yeah. encounter areas. Whereas uh, Tyrant's Grass, the first book of that, you know, uh, from pretty much the moment your boots hit the ground to the end of the first book, it is
1: survival go. mode.
2: No, You know, you are in survival <laughs> mode and there's only so much room for drama. Unless that drama is survival as far as the, uh, you know, the characters interacting with one another and conflicts over who gets what gear or things like that. Oh, could either, we definitely
1: either, had.
2: Some, yeah, we did have some, of that.
1: We, we some um,
2: of that. I see that we only have one mace and no other <laughs> weapons. <laughs> yeah. Someone needs this mace and I think it should be the punch person, <laughs> the biggest person.
1: <laughs> for when you have more the than largest one. of the
2: friends, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I personally have found a, a fair amount of success in doing that. Actually, that mid-combat drama, you know, mm. uh, and also I find it, it does actually help you think because you can only say so much in your six seconds. So mm. you know, you're in your turn, you're you describe your action and everything, and then it's you know, like, hey, Jose, WTF, man, <laughs> and then yeah. you know, you wait for their turn and. They have that chance to think how they're going to respond. And then you wait all the way back around to your turn. And as you guys are well aware,
2: the higher level you get, the longer that is between (laughs) turns that you have to think about it. Yeah, you actually you raise an exceptionally valid point, which is also just on the subject of drama between PCs. I don't think we've even hit on the emotional drama of like friends being in mortal danger. Mm -hmm. So like seeing, you know, like. Okay, we're playing through this, and you know, I'm I'm the fighter, and I'm trying to hold the line, and then suddenly the rope bridge behind me collapses, and I see the sorcerer plummeting down into the ravine. Yeah, you, know, you have that moment for that, you know, you know, Chris, no, sort of like you know, dramatic yell, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I th- I think that's why I've enjoyed uh, uh, one of Darcy's abilities from Tyrant's Graps- Grasp so much that uh, she can insult people to give them another save. Yeah. Um, because I have Our six seconds to basically so yell powerful. at them. <laughs> yeah, to yell at them to re-roll something to hopefully you know catch that ledge or something like that, and it's really fun sometimes. <laughs>
0: yep.
1: Unfortunately, my thinking on the fly often comes with cursing, so I usually have to be like, "All right, take a minute. How do I clean this up?" <laughs> you didn't
0: suck so much; you wouldn't have fallen off that ladder.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically,
1: I've done stuff like it, that. It is
2: literally a class ability <laughs> where people decide to remake saves just to prove her wrong
1: yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm just gonna spite that, that little pessimistic lady
0: yeah. I, I, I i this is totally for my own edification what what class are you playing
1: uh it's the pessimistic trait for my sorceress i'd have to pull
2: up my it's a campaign trait for the tyrant's grass yes topic. uh yeah where um yeah, Rachel made a um, a half elf, and Jessica made a half orc. And Rachel took pessimist, and Jessica took optimist. <laughs> yeah. So their characters were polar opposites. They had the same father, but two different mothers, and so they're they're half sisters, and they're the polar opposite sides of the uh, the coin on both uh, pessimism and optimism in every situation.
1: But uh, getting to insult someone to have a reroll <laughs> is uh, is pretty fun sometimes. <laughs>
2: So you and it gives could've... you a bonus to your will saves. That is an awesome yeah, trait. Yeah. It is an yeah, amazing trait. It's pretty um, great. It's one of the best campaign traits that I've seen floating out there. Yeah. And uh, like I I would combine that with uh, what is it, Jessica always loves? The uh, the cursed oracle misfortune. where you can f- the misfortune yeah. power. So that would be a fun combination of being able to help people with roles through various powers and abilities.
0: Mm-hmm. It does also touch back to what we talked about where you guys set up opposing viewpoint characters where even though you're not necessarily directly competing with each other, like you know the two people trying to get the same monster contracts, you just mm-hmm. have such differing personalities, and quite frankly, you know your siblings and
2: siblings fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and making characters with a variety of different viewpoints is really what it's kind of the crux of uh, of establishing positive drama, where you can have two characters that are attempting to achieve the same goal but will achieve it in different means and so you get kind of the uh the hero lancer dynamic as far as like you know archetypical characters are concerned where really the lancer is basically just the hero of another story so you get into mm-hmm. the whole like leonardo Raphael ninja turtle debate where they're both trying to achieve the same thing it's just the method they have two they completely different yeah different ways yeah. of approaching it yeah which causes you- great drama
0: usually stereotype by having the paladin of the party and everybody else being like yeah (laughs) Yeah. that i will always defend the paladin in that case though oh well it (laughs) i won't because i've seen some people play the paladins where it's just like well you're not being lawful good you're just i mean
1: uh, i think we've been lucky in that uh we've had several people play paladins over the years i mean even jessica or yeah jessica played a paladin once didn't she or no, it was Jordan, no, sorry. Jordan. Uh, Jordan played a paladin, Heather's played a paladin, Ross is a paladin. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> it, and I think it's that we have always approached it with, oh, we don't want to be that stereotypical ugh, paladin. So, uh, yeah. thankfully, I, I mean, we've always had the moments where it's like, okay, we have a paladin in the group, we need to, to think this through. But I honestly think sometimes it, it actually allows for more creativity. Like, okay, how are we going to mm. solve this problem without... You know, uh, doing things we shouldn't. <laughs> you know, I mean, it but can it, definitely
0: be played correctly. Yeah. You know, and you know, it, and it can be played being, correctly too. It's yeah. uh, it you know, it's going with the flow of the party. Yes. But I've also seen people use it as an excuse to basically try to take over the party and mm-hmm. steer it in a
2: whole other direction, which yeah. is bad drama.
0: That yeah. Is definitely it is very bad, bad, bad drama.
2: drama. And again, it's it's kind of the two sides of the same coin where. Sometimes the paladin tells other people or forces other people to not play the type of character that they want. Although someone deciding to play a character however they want means that another player can't play a paladin. So it gets into a a weird clash between the two. Yeah, so a lot of times and that's why having a chance to mediate that beforehand and do the manufactured drama would be a better way of going about it. Where you can establish what your relationships are going to be between your, you know luke skywalker paladin type and your han solo you know scoundrel type
1: and i I think it helps too that um typically whenever we're putting together our groups for a campaign um We talk about at least what type of character we want to play, even if we don't necessarily know the personality types and everything, because that kind of comes organically as you play the character, but Mm -hmm. we usually are like, okay, you're playing this, so I'm going to play this. Oh, that might be a bit of an issue, so why don't I try this instead? So we usually do, I don't know if we necessarily manufacture drama in that moment, but we definitely try to balance everything out.
2: Session zero is a must.
0: Yeah. I agree. And that is another thing I learned um, through mistakes early (laughs) DMing, is that I, because I used to have this attitude where I didn't want anybody to talk about their stuff. I just wanted everybody to show up with a character because I thought it'd be more interesting. And there were definitely some interesting party compositions. (laughs) Um, But then it also led to, you know, having two wizards, a sorcerer, and a witch, in a party of six people, and it's just like, well, you guys are... Completely unbalanced. then <laughs> yeah.
2: this is not going to go well for you. Yeah, my father once told me, uh, "What was it? Good decisions come from experience, and experience comes from bad decisions." Yep, that's a good so, one. Yeah, <laughs> just just learn from learn from things. Yeah, and move yeah. forward.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I am also I've uh, I mean years ago I became a convert to the session zero to the point where I insist upon it even when some players are like, "No,
2: we'd really rather not." I'm like, "Well." I'm running a session zero for the campaign. Yeah. Like, yeah. even if it's just a Skype call get together or something like that, you know, you just have yeah. to have a chance to hammer out where everyone is at. Yeah. yeah. And it
0: is a good time for people to sit down and like you said, you know, they talk about some of this stuff and they can set it up. And that's where I usually you know, look to one of the other players and I'm like, Hey you know, like you you wanna like connect in some way between the characters here and you know, or disconnect in some way and and find that that chance Mm -hmm. that's also when you can you know decide how would this group feel about dealing with a paladin for an entire campaign that's going to run for three years if it survives
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean you never know like and because we get uh i don't want to say critiqued but everything but uh
0: you, know, well, you guys make, the- make stuff for public consumption. You guys get critiqued. Discord, like, yeah, we, oh, we yeah. do. Get,
1: that's it's part of the reason why I don't really go on the Discord, which <laughs> I know probably makes people very disappointed. If you tag me, I'll hop on. But I, I, I very much for my own mental health like to not dive into those. Um,
2: I, I love constructive criticism. Yeah, and, constructive you know, criticism great. If, if you have, if anyone ever has issues, and again, it it works at the same table as far as you know, the same thing at the table as far as drama is concerned is receiving constructive criticism. Um, can help to make you a better role player, a better group, and uh, you just want to take that and then internalize it, and just just go, you know, hey, how's this? How can I build up off of this? Uh, the construct- constructive part is always important with criticism.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah
2: definitely. And, uh, listeners, if you're not sure if it's constructive, then it's probably not.
1: <laughs> yeah, the compliment yep. sandwich is usually uh, <laughs> is, is a good strategy. <laughs> And uh, but, I was going to make a point and I don't remember what it was. So, we'll <laughs> just go on.
0: Well, I kind of derailed my own train of thought with that one. Um, so well, let's 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 lead that into its own thing where um, you know, the players giving each other their own constructive criticisms and everything mm-hmm. like that. Done, well, not the players but the characters. You yes. know, the um the the stay behind me because I'm the tank or why do you keep wandering in front of me and stuff like <laughs> that. And can lead to that in character, in moment sort of uh, of conflict between the two. Where, again, presuming somebody survives, can end up
2: almost into competitions. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely.
2: But well, that's uh, that's a good way to do that. Is um, is kind of develop a. Sometimes you'll have characters that have a personality that tends to influence everyone around them. And sorry for interrupting your age. You can have a character that is, I am the protector, like that is my, you just kind of like, you know, stay behind me people, I'm the, I'm the strong one, I'm the one that can handle all of this. And so that does a great job of kind of developing a relationship with the other characters that they can then play off on that, you know, it, it goes back to the classic, the classic tropes that you see a lot of times with the strong character that eventually they have to realize I can't carry everything on my own. And so they can then develop this this drama, this friendship with their allies, especially if they treat one of the characters as, like, you know, if you're playing the seven-foot-tall, full-blooded orc that's like, I carry everything, and then there's the three-foot-tall halfling rogue behind you, and it's just like, you know, yeah, you can, but, you know, at the same time, like, as a group, we work together, and we help one another, we can do the fastball special, um, <laughs> however you want to do, so... Um, yeah, I, I think being able to like play off of even a character's class for developing a drama um, mm-hmm. with another character where it's just the wizard that always thinks it was like, oh, well, I'm just smarter than everyone else. Like, obviously, I should be in charge. I'm the smart one. And the cleric over there is like, well, I'm gifted by the gods themselves. So, you know, I should be the one in charge. And, you know, just kind of playing off of that idea of, uh, of really exemplifying what the classes are, but still allowing others to the important part there is, is not just digging your heels in is actually letting mm-hmm. someone else change your view of like yep. the wizard realizing I'm maybe my brain isn't going to solve all my problems or maybe the fighters muscle can't solve every problem and learning to accept and, and kind of bond together as a single group.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think it's good to leave room for the story and the characters to affect your character. Like, cause I know there, um, planning is a big part of it. Like, you want to say, mm-hmm. hey, I want, you know, these feats, these things, whatever. But every now and then, it's like, okay, well, based on the story, I think I should take this. Like, uh, 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 like Heather, for example, had her character planned out from level 1 through 20 in Serpent Skull, and then at one point, she was like, you know what? I want a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and then she ended up, like, veering guns off and taking these feats to be able to shoot a gun at some point in the story, and I was like, I mean, it, it made sense. We were like, alright, cool, let's do this. So I think it's good to just kind of leave room for, you know, the story and the characters to kind of Mm -hmm. guide you.
0: I'm I'm also going to reiterate that point because I think that's that that is the point. There's Mm -hmm. like, why else would you have the conflict if nothing's ever going to change? Otherwise, you're just bashing your head against a brick wall over and over. You know, something has to change even, you know, and I'm not saying listeners that it should happen immediately. No. You know, uh, good drama lasts for a prolonged period of time, uh, as long as it's not destructive, anyway. Mm-hmm. But if nothing ever comes of it, then what the hell was the point?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, that, that's 100%. That is character growth. Mm-hmm. And drama should always be there for the purpose of facilitating the character growing in some way. Uh, a great example of that is honestly just if you look at the MCU, if you look at, at Iron Man's arc. From you know his first introduction all the way through, and you can see this constant stream of characters. Sometimes, de- you know, self-destructive character yeah. growth. Yeah, uh, but that's just kind of a great example of being able to see that progress as the uh, the character goes on, where he has drama with everyone he runs into, but oftentimes uh, it facilitates the character growing, which sometimes means that while you the player might not be wrong, and it it always sucks as a person to be wrong about something. Uh, Trust me, every time I get a rule wrong, it's a little stab in my heart. But it's good to have a character admit that they're wrong. Yeah. To make a character with a flaw that's just like, my character is arrogant, and so I need to present a situation where my character is actually knocked down a peg, so that my character can grow as a better character. Because if you have one character, if you start book one of an adventure path as one character, and you end book six, and really the character hasn't changed... Then what was the point for your character's journey? You accomplished your tasks, but the character himself didn't come out the other side as something new.
1: And I think it's hard for some people to allow that to happen because Mm -hmm. you do put yourself into these characters. And so sometimes it's hard to disconnect. Oh, this is what's happening to my character in this fictional story that I am playing through. It's not actually a dig against me. Yeah. You know, and so I think it, you know, sometimes you have to realize, be like, it is, it is the story. Like, I'm facilitating the story. It, it, they're they're not actually, like, it's not me. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I agree with that. Every character is a, you know, sliver of my personality. Mm-hmm. Example or expanded and exemplified to a uh, almost a caricature degree yeah. mm-hmm. to, you know, to bring that out. But it helps me embody who that character is. So it's, yeah. Like you said, Rachel, it's a dig against that. Is a dig against that part of my personality? But mm-hmm. yeah, it, well, at least ways that's what it feels like. Yes. This also comes into the part where listeners, you will recognize this. Sometimes you just gotta communicate. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta <laughs> talk to that other player. and Just be like, "Hey, an in character
2: thing, or like, what's what's going on here? Where are yeah. we at?" No, communication is always key. I think we've mentioned that a number of times on our. Uh, Mm-hmm. our own podcast that uh, you know, communicating both between the players and the game masters and the players and one another is an important step to take because if you are making a character and even if you decide, hey, I want to have this character growth, you don't want a player to suddenly jab you with a okay, so you want your character to grow from being so arrogant uh, versus, you know, like, to being less arrogant. But your character is also really angry. And it's like, no, no, I don't want to change that. That's just my personality. But if you could help me progress my character's arrogance, that's fine. But my character's just angry at the world. So, um, you know, letting people understand that and in uh, communicating that out will help make uh, make certain that the drama stays in-game. Yes. And does not become something out-of-game, which is what you always want to avoid. Again, we all have too much drama in our lives.
1: Yeah, and, it, <laughs> and it's not to say that a drama in-game won't bleed out sometimes and, yes. you know, because again, you put yourselves into these characters and you put yourself into this game and, and whatnot, sometimes emotions are going to run high and you're going to get mad at each other and I know there's the whole, you know, don't go to bed angry phrase where it's like, you know, you shouldn't leave it. But every now and then, sometimes I do think it's best to say, okay, we're all ticked. Let's step away. Let's calm down and then come back. Because sometimes if you just try to say, oh, you know, let's keep it going until we resolve this. Well, you're both angry. You're not going to resolve it. Sometimes yeah. you need to to have that break and step back.
0: We actually ran into something similar in our last recording session for shield bash um there was an unexpected pc drama and after we got done i was like hey pete are we cool like uh, i want to make sure this didn't bleed over because we we don't have a lot of that where it gets heated and this one felt heated and kind of the whole group even though it was between the two people in character Kind of the whole group almost ended up absorbed into it, and it just kind of became a yep. thing of like, well, let's make sure that we're all we're all good here. Mm. Yeah, to get through.
1: Yeah, we we've definitely had some of those moments. Uh, I know uh, one of the big ones that we got asked about a lot was in Mummy's Mask, where <laughs> yeah. uh, mine and Heather's characters went at it pretty hardcore, and there there was frustration. But then it's like after the game, we were both sitting with each other, and we're like. You're not actually mad at me, right? And she was like, "No," and I was like, "Good," because I'm not actually mad at you. And she's like, "Okay, good." And then we went to lunch.
2: Yeah. So it's, it's again, it's that open communication uh, between the the players outside of the game also helps a lot with that. And uh, I know this isn't something that every group can do, especially because a lot of us uh, again we have you know children in our lives or we have uh, other responsibilities. Um, but I've always found. Once we started the podcast, we ended up doing a lot more uh, morning and early afternoon recordings because it just worked better for us and people were off doing other things. And so it was a quieter recording environment, things like that, which always had the added benefit, especially in morning recordings of we stop playing and we all go get lunch together. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, we sit around the table, we're all talking and that gives you a chance to like. You're enjoying food, you're talking to people, you know, you can talk about the game because I imagine it's the same with you, Jason, as it is with a lot of people that, you know, you get together with your gaming group and even when you're not gaming, you're talking about the game. So you're just like, oh, well, we'll just sit around the the dinner table and and have a quick chat about everything that just recently happened. Ours is
0: a little more stereotypical of like uh, when I'm DMing, I'm constantly just like, all right, guys, and I I go like this. So I'm like, focus is like, let's... (laughs) I, I, yeah, we all love the movie, pay but like, attention. yeah, <laughs> which is not necessarily a bad thing. It is how, cause we decompress from real life with the game. Yeah. You know, yeah. the kind of a, a different approach in our, our, for some of this, but you know, a lot of the games I play are not for consumption. The pot, yeah. even the podcast, we went with the, um, uh, a completely different route of like we spend the first 15 to 20 minutes just talking to each other. As opposed to, like, actually getting into the game. Just because it's you know, just the, the route we decided to take on it. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah.
1: that was kind of us before we started doing the podcast. Where it was the first 10 or 20 minutes was just, what have you been up to? So, yeah.
2: And and a lot of times from the perspective of, uh, you know, again, we, are, we do make Find the Path for Public Consumption. Which does mean that a focus on drama is something that we're always considering. Especially when it comes, and sometimes it's just between... PCs and NPCs which is always a little bit easier where it's just you know it's easier for you to have drama between a PC and an NPC of you killed my father prepare to die as opposed to if it's a PC and another PC killed your father that it's like "Uh, why are you even together
3: Um,
2: unless they're on like a redemption arc and they're like yeah you know I, I, I killed your father but then I betrayed the evil emperor and now I'm trying to make amends and you know when this comes out it's that whole like I put my life in your hands kind of situation Which could be a really great dramatic moment if you can manage to pull that off. Although at the same time, surprising that on another PC of, oh, by the way, I'm the guy that killed your dad.
3: Yeah, Eh. Uh, definitely. Uh, That's
2: probably, yeah, that's probably something that the two PCs should work together. And then the shock value is for everyone else at the table when they find out. Yes. So, but yeah, so for, for the idea of us doing that for public consumption, you know, it's adding a lot of constant drama but if your group doesn't feel that way then your group doesn't have to some people just want to sit down and some people just want to smash skeletons inside of a dungeon and if that is what is fun for you that's fun for you but if you're looking to kick in a little bit of drama communication is key yes that leaves us to another thing we've talked about every
0: table is different as long as you're having fun with and the table is having fun then you're
2: playing the game correctly
1: that's right yep
2: no, as as long as everyone isn't walking away from the table mad, then you've dot, not done anything wrong. If everyone's walking away mad, then I mean, unless that is what you all signed up for. Um, oh God, you know, I I'm, I'm a FromSoft Yeah, I'm a from soft <laughs> fan as much as the next person. So I enjoy a, a good, you know, gaming beatdown. But uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't sit down at D and D tables to play. Uh, you know, Dark Souls. Although there is the new Dark Souls D and D setting coming out, so there's that.
1: No, there's a reason that I watch him play Dark Souls and or Bloodborne and or whatever game, because I don't go into it for a (laughs) beatdown.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I I have a a homebrew setting called Breakwater, and Mm. nobody wants to play it anymore because I've never had a campaign run through before everybody died. Ah. (laughs)
2: It it is much more brutal than, um, than other settings. Yeah. So. You get some into uh I mean, Ravenloft was kind of that back in AD&D, where no one survived long in Ravenloft, my own characters included. But from what I understand, a lot of the older
0: said it, like, uh, I've heard from a lot of the, and I don't use this in a negative way, but a lot of the grognards, a lot of them will say things like, I don't even name a character until it hits third level,
2: because <laughs> <laughs> party death is oh, just, wow. character death is just so much more common. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I shared the anecdote at one point, uh, not to spiral too far off, so, to, off topic, that my first character, I don't remember his name, the first character I ever made was a halfling thief back in AD&D, and uh, I died to a wormling dragon because the rest of the party wouldn't go down the, sh- the road to rescue me until uh. the fighter finished putting on his armor. <laughs> um, and then I subsequently rolled up a human paladin, and he lasted for a good long while. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well,
0: we are approaching the end of our episode, so I'm going to ask you guys uh, what remaining thoughts do you have? Like, coming into this, what was one of the thoughts you like, oh, I, I really want to touch on this subject, and we haven't gotten around to it yet? Ooh, um, the listeners, the look of panic on Rachel's face right now, where she's just like, surprise, Rachel. How's that drama? Like, oh, <laughs> crap. Um,.
1: Honestly, I think we hit most of it. I, the main thing that I, I wanted to mention was the whole, you know, manufactured becoming the heat of the moment. Because in my brain, they are not uh, two separate things all of the time. You know, mm-hmm. you, and, and then that kind of goes with the, um, uh, I learned this phrase way back in uh, my world religions class in, in college, which was uh, Wu Wei. And it, it roughly, roughly translates to just go with the flow. And sometimes I feel like that's just what you need to do in the game. You need to woo-way it and just kind of go with it. So start with, you know, hey, I want our characters to have this moment. And then just see what happens and have fun
2: with it. And uh, from a GM standpoint, it takes a deft hand to facilitate like drama between PCs. And so uh, it's kind of a light touch. It's something that takes time and experience to get used to. Uh, a single like PC experiencing drama can be handled easily by like the PC and just the game master, but if you have more than one PC and they're attempting to interact with one another, understand that as a game master your job is there to, to facilitate it, but also if necessary to act as a mediator if things ever do get heated between the characters. Mm-hmm. And I would say that the 100%, the number one thing, the rule that I am under the impression that should never be broken is no amount of drama between the PCs should ever result in conflict between the PCs, as far as like actually rolling initiative. It is important that that is basically closing the door on a conversation between characters, and so uh, focusing on facilitating having fun because you're all there to help develop one another's characters. Mm. And so uh, if I was going to put a, a, a pin on anything, it would be make certain that it stays in words between the PCs doesn't get away from the table and uh, no one pulls swords uh, either in real life or in the game. Uh,
0: Well, my closing thoughts are mostly just going to be, if you are uncertain how to get into this communication. And again, I know you hear listener. You hear us harp on this, me harp on this a lot. Communication is most important. Talk Mm -hmm. to your dungeon master, talk to the other PC or the other player that you want to get involved in with this, and just see how it goes. Kind of like what Rachel said, just see what happens. If it works yeah. out great, cool. If it doesn't, that doesn't mean that it won't work if you try it a slightly different way. Yeah, but be open. Yes. Yeah. Don't be afraid to fail.
1: Yes, I like that. <laughs>
0: All right, well, listeners, thank you very much for listening, and thank you very much to Rick and Rachel for joining me today. Um, this has been a real big pleasure uh, and a great conversation, and uh, you know,
2: I I will be hearing you guys later. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for having us.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. This was great. Shield Bash is made in association with Knights of the Octagon and the Farmageddon Gaming Convention. Find us online at ShieldBash.net, on Facebook at ShieldBash, on Twitter at Bash Shield, and on YouTube at ShieldBash. Bumper music provided by Lee Rosevere. Other artists can be found in the episode description. Troubles in Otari, Abomination Vaults, Serpent Skull, and Pathfinder are the property of Paizo Publishing Incorporated. Leave a comment on iTunes for a chance to hear us read it out on the podcast. Questions and comments can be sent to shield at gmail.com.